Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio. Welcome to the High Velocity Radio Show, where we celebrate top performers producing better results in less time. Stone Payton here with you this afternoon. This is going to be a marvelous conversation. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with sterile space infection defense, Mr. Erwin Strohmeyer. How are you, man? I'm doing well, Stone. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. <clears throat> really been looking forward to this conversation. Got a ton of questions. I know we won't get to them all, but maybe a great place to start would be for you to articulate for, for me and our listeners, mission, purpose. What, what are you and, and your team really out there trying to do for folks, man? Well, uh, I got to back up a little on that one. The first thing is, <clears throat> um, we're not a cleaning company. A lot of people confuse sterile space infection defense with a cleaning company. Mm. We are an infection prevention control and eradication service. We kind of work like the infection control department in a hospital um, where they should be, you know, keeping the areas near the patients clean and germ free, uh, the patient's rooms and all that. But, I mean, since my father died from <laughs> three, uh, three or four super infections he caught in the hospital, we don't work with hospitals. But we do work with public facilities. We go in, we do a deep decontamination of everything in the facility. And since we do mostly child care centers, what that means is we decontaminate all the high-frequency hand touch points, all the furniture, all the doorknobs, all the light switches, all the chairs, all the toys everything so that when we finish with the first step of our process which is decontamination everything is as clean as clean can be and not like clean from a cleaning company cleaning it because they don't come anywhere near what we do okay we go deep so after that's accomplished we do a terminal disinfection of all of those high frequency touch points and a lot of the other surfaces as well and then we apply an antimicrobial coating which lasts quite a while um, on the surfaces and can't be washed off. And what that does is it creates a situation where as um, microbes land on the surfaces, whether they're sneezed or coughed or touched onto a surface, those microbes become impaled on the coating and electrocuted because of the coating. Hmm. And what that does is essentially render those microbes inert, harmless in other words, D-E-A-D. <laughs> and basically, it's a real simple concept. The fewer germs that are around you on the surfaces where you are, the fewer opportunities to pick up those germs and introduce them into your body and thus get sick. And the way I like to explain it is, on average, a cleaning company might come into a room, and if there were 100 tacks points up on that floor – they might sweep them up really quick and, and you know, try and get to the next room. Um, maybe they get a quarter of them. Maybe they get a half of them, but they don't get anywhere near all of them. When we come in, first, we decontaminate that room to get as much of the debris and biologics off the surfaces. Then we terminally disinfect that room to kill whatever we couldn't get because germs are too small to be seen with the human eye. And then we apply a specialized antimicrobial coating, which bonds to the surface with a covalent bond, and therefore it can't be washed off. I mean, 
It could if you use something like soft scrub and one of those green scrubby sponges, but then you're going to destroy the surface of whatever you're cleaning it off of. So by applying that coating and that coating lasting for quite a while, and we warranty the efficacy or the effectiveness of our service for 12 months from the date of service. So basically what we're saying is we're going to give you a warranty after we've done our work that you will have significantly fewer germs on your surfaces from people leaving them there and for people to pick up for at least a year. And I'm going back to the tack example. If we were to come in and clean up 80% of those tacks, so out of the 100, 80 of them are gone, all right, and we leave 20 of them spaced out all over the place, there's a much lower chance of you stepping on one of those tacks with a bare foot and hurting yourself than if we didn't do our service. Fewer germs on a surface, fewer germs to catch. I think it's pretty simple to understand. Well, yes, it is, at least the way that you describe it. So I got to know, man, what is the backstory? How in the world did you get into this line of business? Well, I grew up very fortunately as the son of a very well um, liked and very well respected dermatologist in North Jersey. So I've always somehow had my finger in the game of, of the medical community. Uh, whether it was, you know, hanging out at night, watching my father and his friends play poker once a month, or whether it was hanging out in the office or what have you. And uh, as the years went by and I went to school, I did not become a doctor because I could not look at what my father looks at every day or looked at every day. I should say he's unfortunately at the great beyond at this point. But um, he got sick back in 2009, right after my mom passed away. And not that that's uncommon, but um, he had to go back and forth into the hospitals and he would get all these different infections. And a colleague of mine, uh, I was in the surgical instrument business at the time, a colleague of mine came to me and said, hey, I heard about this new thing um, about how you can reduce the germs in any space like exponentially and therefore make it healthier to be there. So that kind of clicked with, you know, my dad always getting sick and having to be careful and all that. So I went and I looked it over and I found it very interesting. And I showed it to my father. I said, look, there's a lot of a lot of medical terms in here that are like two vowels and 54 consonants. So (laughs) you know what those words mean. So do me a favor. Here's all the paperwork on this product that I'm thinking of getting involved with. Can you tell me if since it's written in medical ease? Is it true what it's saying or is it BS? Because the last thing I want to do is waste my time. So he read it over and he went through all the information. He said, everyone, if this stuff does what they say it does, we needed it 50 years ago. Well, surprise, we had it 50 years ago, made by a company called Dow Corning, which is now known as Dow Chemical and Corning Optics. Um, they They created, I should say, this solution, which is uh, referred to as an organic silane, okay, uh, or a cyquat, a quaternary silane, which if you look at it on a surface in a microscopic level, it looks like zillions of little swords sticking up so that when a cell, so if you think, if you think of taking railroad ties, uh, nails that like a landscaper would mm-hmm. use and sharpening them to a pinpoint and getting them, if you could, to stand on the head of the nail and fill a room with that so that they're like giant pins and you throw 
balloons that you blow up, regular party balloons. You throw them up and you let them sink to the ground in that room. As soon as they hit those points, what's going to happen? They're going to get destroyed. So the nice thing is, is that's how the coating works 24-7. And with the way my father was, was not doing well and constantly getting sick, I thought this might be something to look into. And, and then, of course, he looked it over and said, if it's real, you know, it, it's definitely something you can consider. But the only the only caveat he had is it's kind of like insurance. You can't see it, smell it, taste it or touch it. But you have to have faith that it's there when you need it. And it, in a manner of speaking, it's very similar to that. So I got involved with initially just spraying this coating on surfaces without really realizing that there was a hole before that section that I didn't know about and wasn't trained on when I got trained on how to use the solution. Um, after a while, well, maybe a year, we realized that when we spray it, the surfaces of everything we spray it on have to be virgin clean. And that means no dirt, no dust, no dried juice, no dried anything on it, and no germs on it. Hmm. That would a virgin clean surface allows the specialized coating to bond with the surfaces. If there's something on the surface, like a dried previous liquid or dirt or dust, it'll bond to that. But the first person to come along with some, you know, Windex and a rag is taking it all away. So that's why it's got to be on whatever you're going to spray it on has to be virgin clean because no matter how much they clean it. With that, as long as they don't use soft scrub and a scrubby sponge, they're fine. You can pour any regular cleaner on it straight, and it won't harm it. And the nice thing is, it really works. As I said earlier, we work with a lot of child care centers. We've done some other types of facilities as well as doctor's offices or restaurants or uh, public areas of hotels, things of that nature, as well as residential homes. But the, uh, the thing is, it's nice. That since I'm in the uh, the childcare industry, I you know I, I work with people every day, and um, the one thing they say is they love the service because the service works. And when I say the service, I'm encompassing all of our pre-spray decontamination work, which gets all their stuff looking brand new again, and the spray, and then the time after the spray where they get to see the number of sick students or teachers drop and drop mm. and drop and drop. So much so that they've said year over year, they see between a 50 and 70 percent decrease in illnesses and infection issues in their schools. So, you know, that means that only 30 to 50 percent of the kids are getting sick as often as they did. That's a big difference, because especially in a child care field nowadays and, and even pre-pandemic, you had fathers and mothers needing to work to pay the mortgage, to pay the electric bill. You know, kids, childcare became a bigger business as both mommy and daddy had to go work. And so, you know, the, the worst thing a parent can hear that drops their kids off at, at daycare in the morning, get a phone call an hour and a half later, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's a stone, I'm sorry, but little Johnny is uh, has got a temperature and a runny nose, and he's got a nasty cough, and we've had to put him in the sick room, but you need to come pick him up because he cannot stay at school today. And he cannot come back to school until you've got a doctor's note that says he's through whatever it was and that he's healthy enough to come back to school. Well, parents hate that. 
because now they got to leave work. And if they're on an hourly job instead of something that allows them where they could work from home if they had to, okay, if it's an hourly job, like a like somebody who works in a warehouse or a store or whatever, if they're not there, they're not getting paid. And if they're not getting paid, something on the other end of life has to give. So now when I go into schools and I say, look, you want to make far fewer come pick up your kid phone calls and have far fewer pissed off parents, you want a service like ours because it's good on every side of the equation. So and go ahead. How does the whole sales and marketing thing work for a business like yours? How do you get the new business? Okay. So let's look at pre pandemic because as we both know, the pandemic screwed up everything. Um, it threw everybody's method of operation out of whack. Hmm. So let's go back to how I used to do it and how, since things have calmed down a lot with the pandemic, I'm starting to be able to go out and do that more, which was, I would say, okay, on Tuesday, I want to go into um, Bloomfield, New Jersey, let's say, okay? So I will bring up Bloomfield, New Jersey on uh, maps on my computer, and then in the search field, I'll say child care centers in Bloomfield, New Jersey. And the computer will do its thing and go out and ask the internet for that information. And it'll come back with a populated map with these little red marks on it saying, okay, you know, this is ABC preschool. This is XYZ preschool. This is Mrs. Johnson's preschool, blah, 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 blah. Then what I would do is I would go online and research those schools. Now, if they were regular standalone multi-room childcare centers, then they were a good quote unquote sales target. If they were what is called in-home childcare, which I think you can only have 10 or 12 children uh, maximum as, as your enrollment. Um, that's usually in somebody's home. They've converted their living room or they've converted their basement and they put a jungle gym out in the backyard. And it's, it's a way of having a, a childcare center in a neighborhood mm. Without a lot of expense, because you're usually using your own property, you're not having to pay rent on that, you're not having to pay, you know, utilities on that, you're not having to pay for um, all kinds of other things associated with a standalone building. So we we deal not with home child care, but more with commercial child care. That being said, I would go around with my little map in my hand, and I would go from location to location to location, and I would knock on the door. And I would have my business card and my brochure, and I'd say, hi, I'm Erwin from Sterile Space Infection Defense. We work with child care centers in reducing the vast amount of infectious germs that are on the surfaces of the toys and the furniture and everything else so that you can have a healthier and happier school for the next 12 months. Some A lot of times people would say, oh, we don't need another cleaning company. Thank you anyway. And then we close the door and then knock, knock, knock. It's still me. And sorry, but I'm not a cleaning company. <laughs> well, you said you clean the surfaces and you, you spray a disinfect. I said, no, no, no. I didn't say any of that. I said, we work in infection prevention, control and eradication. It means we go after what no one can see with their eyes, which are the germs. Okay. Your cleaning companies don't do what we do. Do they... Spray 409 or whatever cleaner they're using on your tables and your counters and your doorknobs and, and maybe some of the bigger toys like ride-on toys. Yes. Have they gotten them clean? And I mean clean, meaning biologically clean, etc. Um, no, they haven't done that. 
And they haven't done anything to protect them from the germs that are coming into the space tomorrow. So then they would say, hmm, all right, come on in. Or they would say, look, I don't have a lot of time today. Can we do something next week or the week after? And we'd make an appointment and I'd go back. And most times I would get a yes. And then I would prepare. I would take measurements, prepare a proposal, send it in. Um, And, you know, I can tell you that the clients, not all clients have stuck with the company over the last almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years in May. Um, But the ones that have do not, most of them usually do not let me and my team leave the day of service, if they're there, that is, until we have them in the schedule for next year. Oh, wow. That's incredible. And I I have this one client. She's just an amazing client. I remember just about eight and a half years ago, she signed up with her little three-room school. In, it, it, was, it wasn't in her house. It was in a, a space she rented from a church. And I called her up and I, I, you know, I gave her a quote and everything. And in the beginning, she was like, well, I don't know if I need that, blah, blah, blah. You know, there was no fear of any kind. Like there was when somebody got on television and said the word pandemic. When everybody <laughs> just about lost it in their pants. Um, but that said, you know, probably about six months later, I was at a conference, a childcare conference here in New Jersey, and I saw this owner again. And uh, she came to say hello. And two of my original clients were talking to me at the booth. And so we all got talking together. And we broke for lunch and we sat down and they, this woman asked these other two clients a lot of questions. And when we got done at the show that day, she said, um, is that proposal you gave me still good? I said, yeah, as long as you haven't added like two or three more rooms. Uh, she goes, no, 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 it's the same exact thing. I said, yes, the proposal is still good. She goes, come to my office tomorrow and get a deposit from me. She now has six locations. And the, 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 the three newest, the four newest ones, okay, are some of the the most beautiful childcare centers you've ever seen. And this is not a franchise, okay? These are privately owned schools where this woman has worked her ever-loving tail off, hiring good people, taking wonderful care of people's children, educating them, and preparing them to go into first grade and beyond. And so now I just did her proposal for this year, uh, two days ago, and it's going to be about somewhere in the neighborhood of sixteen dollars to $18,000 this year for her to do all six schools. Hmm. And you know what? Last year, when we did all five schools, she sent me back the signed proposal, which she always does, with a check for full payment. And the jobs weren't scheduled for at least a month out. And last year, it was more like, $12,000. That's the kind of client we all wish we had. So what? Yes, ge- we do. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what geography are you, are you serving there? What, uh, how far do you go? Realistically speaking, I service all of New Jersey, east, uh, the eastern third of Pennsylvania, um, the lower left quadrant of Connecticut, Delaware, and um, Southern New York State, the width of the top of the state of New Jersey. Okay. And that- now I used to do, I used to go wherever the business was. And 
The reason I say it that way is my daughter, who I love very much, who, who, who is married to a great guy who's a full-time military reservist, they move around every few years. And so initially what I did was I made a miniature kit to go do service wherever they hmm. lived. Ah. So I would schedule a week out there, go see them, stay with them. But during the days, the kids are in school. My daughter and son-in-law are working. And I would work those areas. And what made it easy for me to do it was because I was already vetted and accepted by a corporation called The Little Gym. It's a children's gym franchise. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Hmm, I think maybe. Yeah. And, and you know, kids go, it, it, it's, it's kind of like modern gymboree. Got it. Have you ever heard of gymboree? Yeah. And, and so... Um, I would I would go in there and, and 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 I would do a few of them in the eastern Pennsylvania area and a, and a few of them here in Jersey. But when I started to travel around because my daughter was moving so so many times, I would see if they had little gyms in that state in her area, and I would call them and talk to them and schedule an appointment and you know go out and see them. And then if they said yes, I'd schedule another little vacation to go visit my daughter and go out and do the job. And spend some time with them and come home and write the whole damn thing off. <laughs> nice. Now, you mentioned franchising earlier. Uh, do you have any designs on replicating your business, growing it either through franchising or some other way? Initially, for the last several years, I felt, you know what? I, I, I don't want to be a franchisor. I don't want people calling me up every day. And either bugging me that, that, you know, oh, they didn't know about this or they didn't know about that or how should they handle this. I mean, I don't mind sharing my knowledge. I give a lot of my knowledge away for free. Um, but, you know, I thought about licensing it for a while and I mm -hmm. licensed it to one or two people out of the Northeast area. And um, the, like a, a friend of mine who was in the medical business but lived in, in uh, Western Florida, on the West coast of Florida, you know, I signed him up, I got him all set up. I got him everything. He, you know, he paid for everything he needed, but I got it for him. And, um, I went down and spent two weeks with him training him. And the following week, a massive hurricane Ugh. hit Naples, Florida. And of course, a lot of the surrounding yeah. area and worked its way across the state. And the problem was that area was so devastated for like four months that, People didn't, I mean, so many things were closed Yeah, that there was just no business to go after. So he continued doing what he was doing previously, and we just wrote it off to God didn't want him to do that. And uh, the other person just um, wasn't a business person, and I couldn't be flying back and forth to Kansas to hold their hand. Yeah. So what's the competitive landscape like for you? Are there viable competitors in this space? Well, some of the, well, okay. To my knowledge, there are extremely few companies out there that do the level of decontamination we do because cleaning companies do not touch us. We leave them yeah. so far in the dust, it's not even funny. I mean, not, don't, don't get me wrong. There's some really good cleaning companies out there. But the cleaning company industry is so overloaded with competitors. And everybody's trying to get everybody else's customers by lowballing that you can't pay people a decent wage. And if you can't hire the right people, you can't get the quality of work you want. So cleaning companies are in a competition for us because the most cleaning companies used to do 
was uh, come in, spray and wipe, and maybe spray some disinfectant of one brand or another. And that was it. Um, when the pandemic broke out, a lot of people whose businesses, who, you know, who they worked for, their businesses either shuttered down, uh, shut down for a while or shuttered, you know, they started their own little cleaning companies and they all promoted, oh, COVID-19, cleaning and disinfection. Mm-hmm. And a few of them I've heard of have since started trying to work with antimicrobial coatings as well. But, you know, just like anything else out there, you want to spend your money on a product that's going to work. And I did a lot of research before I got into this. So I truly know that I've got the best products in my hands. The other thing is there's a lot of education to do what I do. You need to understand how to do all the work the proper way. That's one. Two, yes, you do have to learn a little bit about biology, Um, how and why uh, certain things happen with cells and things of that nature. I mean, a lot... I have asked a number of people who work for cleaning companies. Do you guys even understand how fast germs spread? Well, they spread pretty quickly. I said, that's not what I asked. (laughs) How fast do germs spread? And I'll replace the word with how fast will germs colonize a surface? In other words, take over the surface where the germs have come in and literally they're there and you're not getting rid of them. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's got to be, you know, I mean, they're living things. So they probably, you know, I don't know, a couple of weeks. Well, how's this one for you, Stone? A single bacterium and an example of the most prevalent bacteria in childcare is E. coli. And I'm sure you've heard of E. coli, yeah, right? Yeah. And you know what it is, right? Or where it's most likely coming from, <laughs> right? which is what comes out the back end of us. And the thing is, if you take a single one cell of bacteria, according to the CDC and multiple health sites, the average bacterium doubles in quantity every 20 minutes through a process called mitosis. And what that means is it's a single cell that as it matures and they mature very quickly, instead of having to do anything with another cell to make a third cell, just like humans would have to do. Every 20 minutes, that cell literally bisects itself in two. And it makes an exact copy of itself every 20 minutes. So in the first 20 minutes, the one cell has become two. In the next 20 minutes, the two cells have become four, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So under average conditions. And cells need four things to replicate. They need a friendly surface. They need warmth, moisture, and a food source. Kind of like what we need. Okay. But on a much smaller level. Yeah. So if they have those four things, okay, and they have optimal or close to optimal conditions, which is actually very prevalent, a single bacterial cell can become well over a million cells in an eight-hour period. Wow. Once, and it's never, it's never one cell. If you've got a, a, a diaper-changing table in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, an infant uh, classroom, and yes, you put your gloves on, and yes, you try to be as careful as possible, 
And yes, you spray the whole table down after the child's back in their playpen or on the floor playing with a toy and you wipe everything down. Okay. I guarantee you, you're not going to get all that stuff. A, you're not going to get it all cleaned off with the cleaner. And B, even if you spray disinfectant, you're probably not going to get a hundred percent of it. Okay. So that means whatever has been left behind in 20 minutes is twice as much as after you did your work. Okay. (laughs) And the thing is, even if you're like, let's say from the previous person who cleaned or who used that diaper changing table and everything, maybe a little something that was on the pinky, pinky of their glove. All right. Got transferred to the wooden edge of the table. And then somebody came by and their sleeve brushed on that section of that table. Okay. And then they went and sat down to read some children a story at another little table with a few chairs. And they rested their wrists on that table while they're holding the book. And story time is over. And some other children come by and sit at that table. And one of the children, or even an adult, puts their hand where that person's wrist was. Okay. And then rubs their eyes, nose, or mouth. That's how germs get into the body over 80% of the time. As a matter of fact, the CDC lovingly calls human hands the germ bus because germs get on your hands and they ride from surface to surface to surface to surface. And that is how they are spread. And the way people get sick most often is by something called cross-contamination infection, which means you took germs from point A and you deposited them at point B, somebody else touched point B and then touched their face, their eyes, nose, or mouth. Now, here's another thing, and and, and this just blew my mind. You know, average workday, say 10 hours, okay? How many times do you think you touch your face, whether it's rubbing your eyes, running your finger under the edge of your nose because it's tickled tickled from something or whatever, or just wipe the corners of your mouth. How many times a day in a 10-hour period would you think the average person does that? Well, I have no idea, but I'm getting the sense that it probably happens a great deal more than we realize. Uh, Pull a number out of the air. (laughs) I don't know, 50 maybe? Let's put it this way. You miss the target by about 400,000 miles. Holy moly. The average person touches their face between 2,000 and 4,000 times a day. Wow. Okay. And so here, let's say you come back. You, you went out to lunch at a restaurant in town. You come back from lunch. Yeah, you've most likely washed your hands or used hand sanitizer or whatever. But... You sit down at your desk and, you know, for a moment, you know how people just take their whole hand open and grab their whole face and just, yeah, you know, like wipe off the front of their face, so to speak. Yeah. Granted, you did that with one hand in one shot, but that's not one touch. That's three because you wound up touching your eyes, you wound up touching your nose, and you wound up touching your mouth. Mm. So when we talk about things like childcare and how many things they're handling and how often they're rubbing their eyes or how often they're sticking their finger four inches up their nose 
or how often they're putting their hands somewhere else and then sticking their fingers in their mouth. Okay. <laughs> so that's one, one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is according to, I forget if it was CDC or NIH or if it was an independent lab. I read this like years ago. How many live bacteria do you think are in a square inch of average residential carpeting? You're, you're, you're scaring me, Erwin. <laughs> oh, believe like me, when I get done with you on this call, you're going to wrap yourself in heat shrink plastic. <laughs> All right, we'll drop this number on us. And then before we wrap, I want to make sure our listeners know how to reach out and, and, and no learn. No problem, more. my friend. Yeah. According to the research, the average square inch of home carpeting has over 200,000 live bacteria. Ooh. Now think about that newborn you have at home or the grandchild your kids brought over and that little bundle of love is laying on their belly on the on on the carpet or on the area rug and you driving their fingertips into the pile of the carpet to pull themselves forward to go from grandma to grandpa or to their favorite toy or to play with the dog or whatever. And then they stick those fingers in their mouths all the mm-hmm. time. Yep. All right. <laughs> so, you know, yes, germs are all around us. Yes, we've gotten along, so to speak, with germs for a very long time. But germs, just like us, develop with age. They, 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 they adapt with time as to what they're exposed to. So that's why we have certain things called super infections like MRSA, VRE, and stuff mm. like that. So the problem is these adaptations of different pathogens is never going to stop. It's going to keep happening, which means we're going to continue to get sick. And if you want to get sick less, you have to keep the environment you work in, travel in, or reside in cleaner and safer from the ability of germs to multiply. Yeah. And that's what our company does. I'll be honest. I've been doing this for just under 10 years, nine and a half years at this point. And I can tell you that in this region, I don't have a single competitor that does what we do. Yes, there are companies that are out there that clean very well. Yes, there are companies that clean and disinfect very well. All right. But I have not seen any companies that do what I do. A lot of other companies will hire companies to come in quite often, even monthly, or sometimes uh, every other week, to spray disinfectants. The problem that people that don't realize, what they don't realize about disinfectants is, unlike the antimicrobial coating we work, as soon as a disinfectant dries or evaporates, yes, the surface may be clean. And yes, the surface may be free of any biologics. But as soon as that disinfectant dries or evaporates, there is no more killing capability on that surface. So the next person to come by and cough, sneeze, or touch that surface has just started microbial colonization all over again. Oh, my goodness. And and think of those two, because most child care centers are open from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. or some variation thereof. So after they leave, even though maybe they wiped things down and even even though maybe they sprayed some of their disinfectants, you know they didn't get everything. And over the next six hours, whoever is left is going to multiply like there's no tomorrow. (laughs) All right. Where can our listeners go to have a conversation with you or someone on your team or learn more about these topics? My direct number, 
and, and it's available 24-7, but please, if it's not an emergency, don't <laughs> call between like 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. But um, basically, you can reach me at 973-714-8288, or you can reach me via email at Irwin, I-R-W-I-N, the little at symbol, the word sterile, S-T-E-R-I-L-E, followed by the word space, S-P-A-C-E, dot com. Some people think it's like uh, sterile and then a space and then the word space. No, it's Irwin at sterilespace dot com. Our website is www.sterilespace.com and there's oodles of information on there. Our home, our homepage video will show you what we do when we do these jobs. It's, it's video of a bunch of different jobs all put together. And it will show you how, how we decontaminate. It will show you how well we decontaminate. It will show you how we do a variety of different things to provide our clients with a space that is as germ-free as can be. Well, Erwin, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. i got to be honest, you scared me a little bit, but I think it's important that we're all aware of, of these things. And I sincerely appreciate you investing the time and energy to visit with us. And keep up the good work, man. You're, uh, you're doing important work, and we, we sure appreciate you. One, one last thing. When I told the things that I told you that just grossed you out, when I told those <laughs> to my uh, web designer guy, um, he went home. And he put a big sign in the front foyer saying, no shoes for anyone beyond this point. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, man. We really appreciate it. It's not a problem, Stone. Anytime you want to talk, I'm here for you. Okay, man. All right. This is Stone Payton for our guest today, Erwin Strohmeyer with Sterile Space Infection Defense and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you in the fast lane.